Good afternoon and good evening to everyone and welcome to the Toasted Tale podcast live. My name is Jim and today I want to have a talk to you about everything and anything that comes under the sun. I will be looking into the random thought processes that you can have today and just trying to have a bit of fun. How nice is it that we are halfway through the week? I hope that everyone who is listening today has found productive means to go about their days, have had better times than they expected, and are doing things they enjoy as best as possible. And for those who maybe are looking at the week and going, oh my goodness, I've still got a half a week to go, who maybe are not smiling at this present moment, I hope that things turn around and that you are able to find some happiness and fulfilment for the rest of your day and for the rest of your week. I, my plan for today, as it is every day, is to learn something new and to go through the motions of trying to find a story and uh, finding a story, I believe, um, is important in life. We, throughout the hundreds, well, hundreds of thousands of years of us being humans. Stories have been important to keeping alive what it means to be human. And I, I, I really believe, and I started the Toasted Tale podcast uh, originally as an attempt to improve my ability to tell stories and my ability to find stories in any subject. So today we're going to go through some uh, random thoughts and see what we can extrapolate, see where the conversation goes. For a long time now, there's been, well, with the expansion of the internet and with the understanding that massive companies are farming data. You know, we get all these free services like you know, how Google, you can you can type anything into Google and instantly within less than a second you get millions of search results and you can have, you know, all the information you could ever want is at your fingertips. And never are we asked to put in our credit card details to search for a uh, web web page. How different would it have been if Google had gone with that business model? Hello, welcome to Google. Please put in your 16-digit card number. And we'll charge, you know, we won't charge you much, but we'll charge you per search. The first random thought that we have is I sometimes wink at my webcam just in case there is an NSA agent watching me. Now... I am of the belief because, well, particularly because these big companies have told us they do it, um, but their 
are people out there who are watching what we look at and what we buy and everything in between in an attempt to effectively sell to us, really. You know, if I if I can look at you and I can see your preferences, what you don't like, who you do like, who you're following, then suddenly we've got a uh, really lovely kind of you know, whole picture of what makes up you. And then I can turn around to all my advertisers, these companies that are willing to pay me top dollar, and say, hey, if you've got an ad for this person selling your product, they're going to love it. There's a really high chance they will buy what you want if uh, you pay me money and I'll, I'll give you access to these people. And it was a few years ago where I was seeing that you know people were saying, hey, you know, stick something over. I, th I think it was when, um, when I was at university and I was seeing a lot of people with with their laptops and they were just tapping, tapping away, doing dissertations and all their learning loveliness. And people had stickers over their webcams and they had um, like plasters over, over their mics. I didn't really make the connection, but it makes a lot of sense. We kind of hope and assume that people are just are just uh, watching, you know, we're not watching, you know, we don't want people to be we, we want our privacy. And that is something we hold really dear. But why wouldn't people be, you know, logging in and viewing what we are um, logging well, viewing us really, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are voyeuristic and enjoy to watch people. And I'm sure there are those out there who would get a kick out of signing into someone's um, webcam and watching people without them knowing it. And so I clicked many years later, probably later, um, that, you know, if you're on a, you know, if you're on the Facebook app, for example, there's a very good chance that Facebook, if they wanted to, and of course they would say, no, why, why would we want to do this? But yeah, they could, they could uh, just turn on your microphone, uh, turn on your phone's camera, you know, turn it on your, on your laptop. If there's a disgruntled Facebook employee, then why not? What's the, what's the harm? And I don't know if you've ever had this situation, maybe if you're around friends, you're having a conversation and maybe someone, you know, references a television show that they are really into at the moment. Something that they are halfway through, highly recommend it, it's great. Don't think much more of it for the rest of the evening. You enjoy your meal, you enjoy your time with friends. You get home, log in to, you know, onto your social media accounts, go onto the website, and you find advertisements for that show. It may be a coincidence, you say. Sure, yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's happened to me many, many times where I've gone to, you know, see a friend and then we have discussed something and then, you know, very quickly after, you know, recommendations start popping up. It feels creepy if it wasn't, you know, probably because it is. 
but yeah if you've got your webcam open if you've got your uh, microphone on and be sure to say hi to the big old companies and the government who may may be listening um and uh, does this make me a massive conspiracy person i don't know i don't know i know that um i swear that facebook a few years ago did admit that they had you know something in their application and their kind of user agreement that said that this is fine we're able to do this and when people found out they were like what they were not not pleased which i understand but yeah hmm all these ways of marketing marketing to people there's a lot of money to be made which is all fun and games hmm Moving on to another thought, I think is probably wise. Um, have you ever been around someone who likes to try and make jokes um, at every opportunity? Almost as if, you know, a conversation will be going on and, and you'll be able to see them from the corner of your eye. They'll be, um, you can see the cogs whirring in their brain. And it is almost if they're trying to find that opportunity to make a remark or try and slip in something that's, um, in their mind, uh, you know, a funny joke. And people like that, and I think we've all been maybe uh, found guilty of this occasionally. Um, it may be funny the first few times, but then there's almost a saturation mm, saturation point where those who are trying to be the joker of the group, um, maybe they just uh, they run for a, a poor vein of form of, of kind of comedic gold, or they're just trying to, um, or they're being inappropriate in a way, you know, the conversation doesn't really merit it. There's usually a tipping point in those conversations um, where... Everyone's laughing along, enjoying it, and then suddenly the whole group realises that, you know, there's that kind of sigh, that outward sigh kind of of everyone where they go, ah, this is no longer, this is no longer funny. And there's, well, I think there can be many different emotions to these people, because at the end of the day, if someone has cast themselves as the comedian, then you can look deep within uh, the uh, why that decision has been taken by someone and you can feel kind of sorry for them in a way you know uh, you know what is the reason that someone is trying to um, get this level of admiration from from people around them do they feel uh, all this attention maybe you know validation from people could it be because they don't feel as if they can contribute in a meaningful way? Do they lack the confidence in their conversational ability to, you know, carry the conversation, to introduce a discussion that is worth uh, considering by everyone? Have they uh, kind of almost made, made a deal with the devil so that uh, in exchange for 
maybe a more surface level uh, acceptance, you know, getting getting laughs, they may sacrifice the ability to have these more meaningful and deep uh, relationships where um, conversations and discussions can be explored and and deep uh, human interaction can can occur. As I said, it's like a deal with the devil because people who um, use humor as their main um, weapon weapon in their arsenal to interact with others can often in the short term uh, gain uh, support from a lot of people. You know, if you can make someone laugh within the first few minutes of meeting them, then you are on a very good path, you would think. But what happens when everyone around you then assumes that you're going to be funny every time they meet you and you become known as the comedian? It almost stunts your ability to... Um, it almost stunts your ability to be who you want to be and express yourself in a more dynamic way. But, you know, and I guess there is an alternative, the, the opposite to this. Um, the random thought that I read, uh, which kind of spawned this line of thinking was, um, I love it when you say something that's supposed to be funny, but they take it seriously. There may be a strange reaction if you are the ultra serious person uh, in a group or a workplace setting, always, you know, nose to the grind, super serious, um, not the not the clown. If you then go ahead and try and break out of that mold, you know what it is? It's people and expectations. As a human species, we have expectations of how people act. So it's a way of kind of you know, capturing and understanding the world we live in. And the way we present ourselves, uh, the more you do that, the more habitual your behavior becomes. People then expect that. So in the same way, if you've got someone who uh, is the class clown, then people will expect that. And then it becomes weird if you change. Um, on the flip side, it is very surprising if you've got someone who's very serious who then turns around and goes, cracks just a, you know, a, a quick, wise joke. It's, uh, it's a um, shift in gear, which can be quite difficult. Um, and it's refreshing if it's done well. Um, but at the same time, we are quite... I have found that uh, as humans... Um, even though we are very, we can become very good with change. We can be very adaptable. Uh, very little, you know, tweaks and stuff can be tricky. Tricky to to adapt to, um, especially if you have got your role in a group and an expectation from from everyone around you that kind of cements you in. I have found. Let's see what we've got now. Hmm. When I was younger, I thought this was bananas. 
and uh, it kind of maybe says more about me and my my inability to uh, to really buckle down and and learn what I really should learn when I was in year seven. So I was around thirteen, maybe a young wee lad. I was attempting, and I use the word attempting kind of quite broadly because I I felt like I was being dragged down a corridor and resisting every step. Um, but you know, I, I live in the UK, and and France is one of our closest neighbours. And we had to learn French from year seven, first year to year nine. So for three years, we had to learn French. Then after that, you could choose if you wanted to remain or or whatever. Now, what you might have guessed already, I really did not get on well with languages at all. But I look back now and I, I, I wonder, yeah. As a as someone who's lived a few more years than that, I'd love to learn language. I realise there are so many words, phrases, emotions, descriptive uh, lines of text that I will never know. I will never be able to read, to experience. The random thought that came from this is uh, there are more than 6,000 spoken languages. And this means that there are billions of phrases you will never understand. Even if I was the most natural linguist in the world, a, uh, you know, a prodigy, I would never be able to learn 6,000 languages. Are you crazy? No. But there, for every living language, that is. And I don't even know if that 6,000 is um, languages that are still spoken, or if they're languages that are now dead. That's something that blows my mind as well. Yeah, by the fact there is thousands of languages around the world today that are being spoken by men and women, children, elderly, that it's almost like this... Yeah, like a solid material that connects the culture of people. The way we communicate, the way we talk, is in a way what makes us who we are and, and where we're from and our history, our shared experience. And even with all, well, with enough time maybe, but with the time that I and you and anyone listening to this will have the chances that we'll be able to learn enough languages to even get a fraction of the nuances of these different cultures and ethnicities and parts of the world that we may never have experienced so far is minuscule. And these are just the ones being spoken today. I mean, oh my goodness, uh, before I made the Toasted Tale podcast, I was uh, dabbling in making a purely historical podcast. And one of these podcasts was on the making and breaking of empires. So I, in my mind, I was going to go back all the way to the beginning and look at the first empire that ever was created. And just so you know, well, I still may make this podcast one day, but the 
podcast uh, would have been about the Akkadian Empire. Now, the Akkadian Empire was around about 5,000 years ago, a long, long time. And it had its own, it had its own uh, language, sorry, that you can still learn today. No one, no like group of people speak Arcadian anymore. But there is enough text in that language because it was written down and there is, you know, Arcadian writings. That if you really wanted to, if you were really um, fascinated by um, ancient texts like that, you could put the time in and learn enough of it so you could write and, well, here's the thing, you could write it and you could possibly pronounce the words that maybe linguistical experts have uh, made the leap of faith how it may sound, which I think is amazing, you know. But what is incredible is that, you know, that was an empire, so they had considerable wealth. They were able to write down a lot of things, uh, you know, not much, of it, not much of it has survived, but some things. What about all the other places? You know, just because these city-states um, in Mesopotamia had, um, you know, built themselves up and had been able to do that, there would have been, you know, millions of other people around the world who would have spoken different dialects and would have expressed themselves in different ways. Something I find incredible is that um, certain languages have ways of describing things that, for example, English doesn't have. So I know that, you know, there are emotions and complex feelings that some languages around the world have been able to capture. And well, here's one. There is the, I think it's Danish, for Hugo, uh, which is a kind of understanding of coziness and the kind of like the warm feeling of kind of being cozy and enjoying kind of sweet treats and good food and things like that. And I think that's amazing. It, it's a way of describing a whole host of feelings and a way of living your life that just the English way of going, oh, I feel cozy at the moment, doesn't really, it doesn't grasp as well. And there are words and phrases from around the world that, you know, if we could make a global language, you'd want to kind of steal, you'd want to be able to have ways of expressing yourself in these, in these kind of awesome nuanced ways. But uh, I remember when I was young and I was desperately, you know, trying to not get detention from being rubbish at learning French. And I was, maybe I was just an idiot, and I probably was, but I was just thinking, you know, the word tree in English, I know what that means. It's, you know, the thing outside, it's the trunk, it's the leaves, it's the branches. Cool. So how can another language have a word that means the same thing. I just couldn't get my mind around it. 
I was young. We were all idiots when we were young. But I was just trying to, I think I probably had it on a, on, a, on a French piece of paper and I was kind of going, this makes no sense. How can another word mean this word? You know, this, you know, and obviously there's around 6,000 languages out there. I'm pretty sure there's around 6,000 or more ways to describe a tree. But in my young, you know, pre-teenage years, blew my mind, I tell you that. Oh, how we look back at our youth and just cringe and laugh, maybe, yeah? Cringe and laugh. Um, But it is funny. And it is something I would very much like to uh, learn. A language, they say, changes your brain chemistry. If you can put in the time and effort to learn a language that is not of your own, it changes the way you think. And you have a a window into that culture and their history that you you can't really gather by just kind of picking up a whole lot of books and trying to learn about the history and that kind of stuff, you know. Right, you're going to like this one. So the next random thought, it's it's about the, you know, the fear of long words. And, uh, you know, if you like hearing people absolutely butcher words, then, you know, you're probably going to love this. It's going to be hilarious because the fear of long words has got, you know, a word to describe it. Oh, my goodness. Right. Here we go. I'm going to have to break it up because it is a, you know, so it's a hippopotomonstrosoquipedeliophobia is the fear of long words. And I'm sorry, but, you know, the person who brought that up is laughing, laughing, having a joke. They're probably not alive anymore. But my goodness, you know, if you know whilst you're around that you can put something out in the world that's going to be a joke that lasts the lifetime, you know, then you're going to be laughing at that. Absolutely. You know, I'm not even going to attempt to say that word again, but the fear of long words is an incredibly long word. Another one that does make me laugh is the word dyslexic and dyslexia. Um, Try spelling that if you've got extreme dyslexia. If all the words are kind of blurring around, have fun. Um, You know, I am myself minorly dyslexic and it is a pain to look at myself. But yeah, come on. It's almost like uh, dichotomies. If you can kind of invent something that, uh, you know, you know is going to make people uh, just kind of goggle in amusement for all time, then I think you've kind of won. I think you've kind of, you've won life if you can do that. Um, But yeah. But I think that's, you know, I think that's a few interesting things that we've kind of, we've we've gone through today. I've, I've really enjoyed just batting around through some of these and I hope you've enjoyed too and thank you so much to everyone who has tuned in to the live toasted tale Uh, I also make um, more curated and less kind of rambly versions of this Um, I actually make episodes that I get released every Tuesday at around 6 p.m which is the toasted tale podcast Um, if you liked anything to do with this then you may want to check out some of those episodes as well um, I also, uh, you can follow me if you'd like on Twitter and Facebook. 
at Podcast Tale. It's there where I release new episodes. And uh, thank you, Big Chief Funder, for liking the show. I really appreciate that. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, if you like that, you can follow me there. So I put new episodes. But it's also where um, anything I find interesting goes. So that's all fun and games. I really hope that you have a good rest of day and a lovely rest of week. I'm going to try and make this sort of live show more regular. So I may be back tomorrow with more ramblings and, you know, I will, Big Chief, I will. Um, send me a link if you wouldn't mind and I'll, I'll give it a listen. Absolutely. Um, and I, yes. And I hope you have a good rest of the day and I'll speak to you all again soon for another Toasted Tale by the Fireside.